Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about podcasting, helping you to create a more successful show. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com, joined by Matthew. How are you getting on, Matthew? You know, fine well how I am, Colin. I've just moaned at you for 10 just minutes. <laughs> I'm not going to bore the listener with how the details. To start Let's a just day. say... <laughs> a combination of injury and perhaps even illness, but yeah. uh, all's good, all's good, I'm sure it'll all be apart, fine. Apart from the world being at odds with your well-being, everything's fine. Seems to be. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us again um, on PodCraft. Uh, you'll know if you've been listening along that we're doing this season just now. I'm going to say the right one, Matthew, not growth, it's the gear season. Right. We're re-recording the gear, the equipment, the podcast equipment season, all the equipment you might need for a podcast updating it for 2023 so hopefully if you're about to launch your show you can find all the equipment you need here get all the advice you need to set up your gear everything you need to record uh, and edit and produce actually as well we're going to go into software later in the season and if you're an experienced podcaster following along you're a veteran at this maybe you're going to find something that will help you upgrade or improve your setup Um, and we always say equipment doesn't make the show but once you get into it, of course, it's uh, something everyone gets a bit interested in. Getting yourself a better mic, a better mixer, all that kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with a wee bit of uh, a wee bit of gear envy, a wee bit of um, gear hoarding if you're uh, into that. As long as you've got the content, as long as you've got the planning, as long as you've got everything else in place already, eh, Matthew? Getting into the gear. That's a, got a different context here in Scotland, really, that isn't true. it? That is true, yeah. Still. yeah. Do, you think that, do you think that translates? Is that, uh, is that only a Scottish term? I don't know. It might not. It might not be. Yeah. <laughs> I text us if you're into gear, and we'll we'll just see what type of gear people mention. Yeah, exactly. Then we'll know, and uh, we'll block uh, certain types and uh, invite in others. So yeah, see how you that goes. For yourself, maybe I'll reach out to them. <laughs> the way things are going. <laughs> yeah, it depends how well you get. <laughs> Um, okay let's jump into this episode though this episode is going to be all about so we've got basically mixers audio interfaces those devices that help you record in various ways we got into this a little bit last time around Matthew didn't we we kind of did a few of these types of devices in the uh, recorders one yeah I was almost tempted to lump these all in together because you could do that but I thought that like audio interfaces and mixers have enough that they maybe warrant just getting the light shone on them a bit on their own. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And we'll probably, this might not be a long episode, um, so we'll see how we go, but we'll dive into it. We'll talk about the interfaces, the mixers you might want to use as a podcaster, why you might want to use it, who they're suitable for. Um, and since this one might be a bit shorter, I'm going to chuck in a growth tip as well. I'm going to do this through the rest of the season. Um, just to celebrate the launch of our new growth course as well. I mentioned last time around, we've just launched a new growth course called Growth Essentials, all of the essential tips you need to grow your podcast audience. Um, If you want to check that out, you can go over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash growth course imaginatively but i'm going to chuck in a growth tip take one of the lessons from that course and we'll include that right in the middle of the episode as well so stay tuned for that you'll get a wee uh, a wee tip on how to grow your audience as well all right shall we jump into it matthew all about mixers let's go okay right who needs one of these why might you want to use them like it's kind of definitely not for everyone is it but why would you want to use one if you uh, if you do yeah one of the most obvious factors i think is if you want to be at your computer you want to use your computer maybe that's because 
you really like a certain type of recording software or a certain type of DAW or editing software. You just want to be at the computer and uh, therefore you could look at linking a, a mixer or audio interface in USB form or there's other workarounds too which we'll get into but that's that's probably one of the main factors that I could think of. Uh, so, anything else, Colin? So the idea being that you can plug like any mic into your computer. doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Because USB mics, obviously, we talked about a bit. So is this you talking about more pro mics or other kind of gear as well? Yeah, definitely. So like multiple mics, if I wanted to plug multiple mics into the computer, uh, an interface or a mixer would be a good option for that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's we we've fannied about with this before, haven't we? Trying to plug like two USB mics in. We've got an article on this. It is possible, but what's it like, Matthew? To actually get going? <laughs> yeah, there's like seven or eight different ways you could do it. None of them are great. No. Uh, so yeah, it's all a I, if, you, if, <laughs> if you want a couple of mics running into your computer, get get something yeah. like you know, get something like an interface. So again, we'll we'll get into the actual recommendations yeah. towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, totally. What about Colin, with, with mixers, I mean, there's another factor here, isn't there? Like, we talked about this a bit with podcast recorders, but you could go down that, like, as live route to cut down on your editing, can't you, yeah, potentially? Yeah. This is kind of the main one for me, I think. If I think, yeah, if, if I'm recording more than one person at any given time, I'll end up often just using the Zoom, the Zoom H5. We talked about last time around. Zoom H6, just it's good. couple of... Um, uh, the other types as well, the other brands. Other brands are available, but we like the Zoom. So Zoom H5 I'd use for a couple of people, H6 for more. But if I had um, more than a couple of people and I want to kind of turn it into a wee bit of a, a live broadcast potentially, or even just like sometimes it just actually gets people really enthusiastic, I find. Like if I have some people in the office recording and I can actually play in some sound effects, like I can play in the theme music, uh, uh, and I can, you know, play that as we're recording. It goes right into the recorder, uh, into yeah, into the recording itself. Uh, some sound effects as we're going along as well. Be able to kind of bring in uh, maybe even some like videos or something from the computer. You know, you can play the audio from that back into the recording and hear people reacting live to it. There's something about that kind of live production aspect that really is most easily done on a proper mixer. Uh, like say the roadcaster or um or something else one of the ones we talked about last time around we'll talk about a couple more as well later in this episode so yeah i, I like that i do like that it's kind of a a messing around thing sometimes it's a bit of a novelty thing sometimes being able to play in that music but i do find it can get people enthusiastic it can raise the energy so yeah there's definitely something about that have you do you do that at all matthew have you ever done some live absolutely not like that? no no but i, <laughs> yeah. I, I do yeah. see why some folks might uh, find it appealing yeah so you can do you can do your show like as live or you can yeah. do it literally live can't you so you yeah. could have your music coming in, you could play your transitions there in real time. Yeah. Maybe you've got a pre-recorded interview you want to cut to. Yeah. And in theory, it's um, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that you then you finish your episode, you just top and tail it, and it's ready yeah. to go. Yeah. Uh, that there are caveats to that. I think you you need to be pretty well practiced to be able to do that well and yeah. not to require yeah, editing. Definitely. But in theory, it's a good a good idea. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can do it like you said you can record pretending you're live like so as a pre-recorded one you're going to edit it afterwards but you just play it in cuts down a bit on your editing potentially if you do it well um or you can actually broadcast live so if i am doing a live broadcast like a webinar or a live podcast broadcast or whatever you want to call it 
then I can play stuff in straight away. And you can get the audience riled up as well, get a bit of energy going, get some music in there, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really, I think people like hearing the theme music kick in um, and then you speaking into it as if it is the, the podcast that they listen to every week. So yeah, definitely something to consider there. But it does take a bit of practice. I've screwed that up many a time. <laughs> Although that maybe just adds to the uh, to the audience engagement, you know? It's uh, showing you're human. <laughs> so it, this um, does obviously sound similar to what we covered last yeah. week with the digital recorders. What would you say are like the key differences between mixers and interfaces and things like digital recorders? Yeah, the digital recorders tend to have, you know, a built-in mic. Um, makes them all in one you know you can take them out and about take them to an event you don't have to plug something into them but as a result of that kind of portability it means that they maybe have less flexibility less options less power in them less kind of you know configurability all that kind of stuff um so it's kind of yeah there's something around that like just the fact that when you when you get a mixer you tend to just have a lot more options like the, the sound pads and stuff like that although some of the little recorders are getting that in there nowadays as well aren't they yeah, what about you, Matthew? Yeah, but I mean, I suppose what you're saying is like most mixers, just a mixer on its own is not going to do anything, is it? It needs no. to be plugged into something. And it likewise, does. an audio interface, like, whereas you could take a, a Zoom H5 out and do everything with it, mm-hmm. like a mixer on its own is just a inanimate object, isn't it? So <laughs> Yeah, needs a mic. Needs a mic plugged in too. Yes, indeed. There yeah. was a, Although- a photo in our... Um, slack channel recently you were cleaning out the old office and you found was it your first mixer yeah it was like an old behringer one i believe um and it was yeah it must be like 15 years old by now it was a terrible old thing i mean it was it looked like something that was pulled out of chernobyl just really old and bulky and (laughs) irradiated yeah Aye, exactly. Yeah, totally aged looking as well. It was, I mean, it was a good, it was a good mixer in its day. But I mean, I bought it secondhand. I think it was already ten years old by the time I bought it. So it was, um, it was nothing but trouble. <laughs> it showed the like we talked about it last time. Like the reason not to use a mixer. This was a total like prime example of it. Every time I tried to record something on it, something was off. Something was wrong, um, and I had to adjust it and change the knobs and the settings and the buttons every single time. So there was always a 10, 15 minute fanning around period before um i could hit record record with that thing it was yeah <laughs> more trouble than do, it was worth <laughs> do you remember as well like this it, you know it's maybe going back sort of six seven years ago so nowadays we've got a lot of high-end double-ender recording tools and stuff like that but yeah. if you go back a bit a lot of people were using uh, mixers for the famous mix minus setup, weren't they? Oh, like yeah. that was quite a big thing for doing yeah. your remote calls yeah. where yeah. you had to set up your uh, mixer in a certain way so that you couldn't hear your own voice being sent back to you and all that. It was pretty straightforward to set up, but it's just funny to think that wasn't actually that long ago that I mean, we had to do stuff like that. You say it was straightforward to set up, but it was like, I, it went wrong all the time. Like every time I would forget how to do it exactly. And it was just, <laughs> it should have been straightforward. And you're right. Like the steps were not hard, but for some reason, half the time it just didn't work. It was really annoying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just disappeared, hasn't it? Just echo cancellation, essentially. There's a button right in front of us in the recorder, echo cancellation, mm-hmm. like just about every call setup has that built in doesn't it and it's not always perfect of course but it works pretty well so yeah technology stopping us having to mess around with mixers all good (laughs) so yeah i mean you can you can get a mixer in usb form or you could get the more analog versions and then you could actually link that Mm -hmm. up with your digital recorder too can't you so uh, making it a, a bit more of an analog setup you don't need the computer you could still 
have it somewhere on the go. But I would say yeah. like that is much more of a a musician setup than you wouldn't really see a podcaster turning up somewhere with like an analog mixer, would yeah, you? So I would I would imagine. I mean, I don't know. I've not looked into the kind of analog mixer world recently, but all of the ones that we use these days that we've even reviewed, they're all USB as well, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like they can function on their own. They can record um, out to a, a standard analog output. Uh, you know, you can put a digital recorder into it. A lot of them actually have SD cards built into them as well. So you can record direct to that. You don't need a recorder, but nearly all of them can output to USB as well. And I'm sure there's still analog ones around, like you say, but I can't imagine why a podcaster would want one that doesn't have a USB output these days mm-hmm. when there's so many good ones that do. So makes total a lot sense. of my like a lot of my sort of pals in the, the sound design world, like I've got any pals, uh, a lot of people I know in the sound design world, they, they like things like mixers for the tangibility of faders and stuff like that. So I know in software you get your digital faders and that, but I know people people like that, you know, like I say, tangibility. They like to be able to slide faders up and down. And again, this is this is for advanced audio production. This isn't just for your standard speech show or conversation. This is if you're doing highly produced stuff, maybe dramas, maybe bringing in lots of musical elements. So I mean, that's more the, the kind and of sound do design. Live, really, in that case, eh? yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I, I would argue actually half the time I would just want to sellotape my faders down. Like you only set it and forget it, don't you? Like with the roadcaster that I've got in the office here, um, every time I do a little test on the levels and stuff. But actually, if I could just like glue it where it is for that mic, <laughs> then that would be perfect because it means that I never have what, to think about it again. What then if your music was playing and you wanted to fade it down and speak? And then no, but I'm talking up. about just my, my voice. Yeah, so like ah, my right. voice one. So my mic input, my number one, which is my mic on that side, um, just glue it down because I'm always the same mic. I'm always the same like uh, mic technique, same position, same mic, same voice, all that kind of stuff. But you're absolutely right. You have different people. This is the benefit of it, isn't it? Like I have different guests in. And they'll sit further away or they'll sit closer or they'll have a bigger voice or a smaller voice. And that's when the adjustability comes in really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more customizable. And you can adjust as you go, like you say, on the fly. So you have somebody that gradually, it quite often happens, doesn't it? You've got somebody in person. Um, they're not too used to microphones and they start all up close to the mic. And then suddenly just during the recording, they start to relax and go back. And then suddenly they're further away from the mic and you're like trying to turn mm-hmm. up the volume. <laughs> and you end up having to actually say to them, look, come on, get back towards the mic. But actually you can you can make those micro adjustments so that you don't have to interrupt their, their sentences and stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely someone are in, in it for that. Yeah, indeed. Cool. Well, okay. I'm, I'm excited for this growth tip. What you got for us? All right. Oh, okay. Right. So, um, like I said, we've launched our growth course. Um, you wrote a lot of it as well, Matthew. I mean, you collaborated on this. It was kind of an evolution of one we launched years back as well. Um, which the video on it was awful, wasn't it? It was like, but we've upgraded that now to uh, be a lovely, shiny new growth course, Growth Essentials. Again, if you want to go and check it out, go over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash growth course um but one that i like one really underused one um people are always interested in seo for podcasting aren't they matthew and it's something that's quite underused i think as well seo meaning search engine optimization Um, so yeah good point good question what does that mean it means how you get found so rather than you going out there and pushing your podcast to other people uh, you want people to be able to find you really easily and one of the best things one of the most underused things for growth i think is actually setting up your podcast 
really nicely to be found when people are searching in questions. So one of the lessons in our course is all about question research, how you can actually get in there. You can find out the questions that your audience are asking um, and really start to optimize your content around that. Because if you know the questions that your audience are asking, then firstly, you can create great content that really speaks to them. You know exactly what episodes to create, gives you content ideas, helps you create ones that really engage with people, really draw people in. But equally, you can put those questions, and this is the SEO part, into the headers for your episodes. So on, you know, Apple Pods, on Spotify, your episodes are named these questions because those questions are what people are asking. That's what really draws people in. But equally, they'll be typing that into search engines, whether it's a podcast directory or whether it's Google. And that's the big one, really, because if you can publish your episodes with those questions in the titles... Not only will you be found in the directories for podcasting, but when people type into Google, your podcast will show up there as long as you have a website set up for your podcast. Um, So the idea is use a few tools to do a bit of research. A couple of ones that I love, and again, I go into loads of detail on this, how to use them in the course, but Quora is a great one. Get into Quora. So Quora.com, I believe it is. Go on there and type in your keyword. So something like for us, it would be podcasting. Type in podcast. And it shows up all the questions that people have asked about podcasting or with the word podcast in it. And that gives me loads of clues about the types of things people are searching for. Another one I love as well is Answer the Public. So Answer the Public is a website which gives you all the questions people are asking around a keyword. If I type in podcast, It'll show me all of the why questions, all of the what questions, all of the how questions, all of that stuff that people are asking around our topic. So it tells you what the real people out there, your actual audience are searching for so that you can design your content around that, put that into your episode titles, put that into the pages on your website, and that really draws people to your show. There's a couple others in there as well, BuzzSumo, even Twitter as well, great ways to use it. But if you fancy getting more on that, go over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash growth course, and you'll find out more about how to use that in our growth course. All right. Cheers, Matthew. Never did anything. What next? Never did anything. Oh, no, you give me the space to talk there. You know, facilitating. <laughs> I went, I went facilitating. for a pee. <laughs> Put the kettle on. <laughs> no, it's all good. Looking forward to trying it. I need more listeners. I've got barely yeah, any. Always. We all want more uh, listeners. <laughs> cool. All right. Mixers. What are we going to recommend then? What are the ones you're recommending these days when it comes to um, mixers and interfaces? What do you recommend? Yeah, so on the interfaces front, I'm going to point to the one I'm using right now. It's the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2. Listeners to the show will be familiar with me talking about this wee box, which I've had for many years, like 12 or 13 years, and it still (laughs) works, touch wood. Uh, So it has two XLR inputs, and it's just a simple USB connection into the computer. Very simplistic. There's like hardly any knobs and dials on it. So it's... uh, it seems to be one of the most famous audio interfaces out there, doesn't it? Like, I've, I've rarely, if ever, heard anyone say a bad word about it. No, no. I mean, I think they're just solid, great quality, aren't they? Great preamps in them, so they make any any mic sound great as well. Um, again, going back to the keeping it simple thing, <laughs> like you say, less knobs and buttons to uh, mess up and have to adjust every single time, aren't they? Um, yeah. Less, less power, less configurability, like no sound pads to play music in can't really bring in like a phone or anything like that or calls quite so easily eh? but i mean it's still possible with a bit of 
um, a bit of wiry, jiggery pokery if you want to. But yeah, really just for one person or two people into one computer, eh? Is that the, mm-hmm. that the kind of yeah. main use case? Yeah. And they, they do have a range. So like they've got they've got the two, I don't know if it's called the two I1 actually, probably not. The, the Focusrite Scarlet Solo, it could be. There is it just a, yeah, one totally. XLR There's a one input. person one. Yeah, totally. So if you if you want to use XLR, but go into your computer, you would you would use something like that, or you could go up. It's got a four input one. It's probably got an eight track too. You know, yeah, if you yeah. if you need loads of eight people, eight or but, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I the focus right range is is great. Um, yeah, yeah. That, you know, if if this thing doesn't break, I'll just have it forever. So yeah, yeah. But, hey, have you got an interface or mixer up there that you use? I know you use the Rodecaster, but we kind of covered that already. Yeah, totally. At home, I've got so in the in the office here, uh, I use a USB mic primarily plugged into my computer. So that's the uh, the Rode Podcaster. But I also have the Rodecaster over on the desk for recording more than one person. So yeah, I've got a couple of um, Rode mics plugged into that. So I do like the Rodecaster a lot. It works well. It's expensive, so it doesn't really suit everyone. Um, we're kind of lucky we do this for a living so we can kind of justify it. But um, there's a load of stuff, stuff in there, like being able to bring in, you know, a phone call from your from your iPhone or your whatever it is you use. Like that's kind of sometimes quite handy. I have used that in a pinch and it just works and it's really handy. Um, being able to output, use it as USB interface, uh, bring in a couple of mics for a live broadcast, really nice as well. Um, at home, though, I do use an XLR mic with the Presonus um, PreSonus, PreSonus audio box, the USB 96, I believe. Oh, you got that is. these days. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you got that up there, yeah. I, I, do you remember it? It was, it was in the office years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we got one to try out. You liked that one, didn't you? I think you gave that one a good review. Was it yourself? Yeah, or I reviewed it. it. Our, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I liked that. I, think, if, um, yeah. I was just going to say, if I wasn't, if I didn't have the focus right, that'd certainly be one that I'd be interested in. Yeah, so I, yeah. You, you quite like it too. Yeah, it's classic. It's kind of one of the main kind of equivalents to the Focusrite, isn't it? Maybe a little bit cheaper, potentially, because the brand name's not uh, quite as, um, I don't know, popular, potentially. <laughs> but it works. Works really nicely. It sounds great. Uh, I can't even remember what mic I've got plugged into it, to be honest. One of our various XLR ones that we've tried out and uh, tested. Um, but it sounds good. That's what I use it I for. found it yeah. just, a, if I remember correctly, I found it a tiny wee bit noisier with dynamic mics. Really? You know, I, yeah. I found if you had the gain up to a decent level, you just you did get that tiny wee bit more noise floor. I found. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, that's me. You know, really holding in on it because I'm literally reviewing <laughs> it. So. Yeah. Uh, totally. Have you? Yeah. Have you ever seen the video as well? We often talk about the the Shure SM58 and its indestructibility, but you yeah. know, this is like the this is the the, the audio interface version of that because there's a video. <laughs> on youtube somebody drives over it with like a truck and it's fine so (laughs) yeah if you i I don't know where all these people are that need their gear to be like you know fireproof and truck proof (laughs) and that but if you are one of these people then that might be a good option for you just be more careful exactly don't lay your audio interfaces on the ground yeah it's quite handy <laughs> um but yeah no it works i've got a condenser mic plugged into it actually so yeah it's uh, it sounds good don't need to have the gain up too high um what else you use the that boss one that you've talked about before do you use that one still at all no so um a reviewer dev actually did just like do two reviews of cool. yeah the boss gigcaster 5 and boss gigcaster 8 and really liked them so much that 
we basically mm-hmm. asked to, to buy one and I'm off the company. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Sound good. I'm going to go and have a look at that. Never tried them out. And of course, well, we should add the, um, the Roadcaster um, Pro 2. Is it? I never remember the blooming names of the things. The road names are terrible. Um, but that one and the Mackie mixer we mentioned in the last episode too are both worth a, a look if you have the budget for them. Definitely much more expensive. The focus rate. What's the focus rate these days? Like 120 or something like that? It's been like about 120 for the past 10 Forever. years, isn't it? So I'm, I'm going to safely say it's still at that price, yeah. Yeah, totally. I think the Presonus might even be less than that, might even be under 100. So yeah. they're just a nice kind of cheap way to plug a really good XLR mic into your computer really simply. And two, if you need them, obviously. But if you do have the bigger budget for the kind of ex, um, expanded options and everything, then do check out the Roadcaster, the Mackie. Uh, good devices, um, but pricey. So yeah, make sure they're worth it for you. You're going to use it for something worthwhile. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this, Matthew? No, no, I'm just looking ahead to because we're able to give a teaser because this is a structured mm. season. So on the next episode, we're talking about mobile recording with smartphones yeah. or tablets. Is that a is that a, a, a subject that whets your appetite? Well, uh, yes, yes. Actually more, and don't um, slap me, but more for video than podcasting, actually. Because <laughs> I'm doing Traitor. a lot more um, stuff. For, no, exactly. <laughs> doing more stuff for, uh, well, teaching podcasters on YouTube. <laughs> so it's more how to record or good quality audio to go along with a, a video um, for YouTube videos. Um, but potentially even if you record it well, something I've been trying a bit of recently as well is when recording YouTube videos, making sure the audio is good enough that it's completely standalone. So actually being able to repurpose some of the audio clips from the YouTube videos. Um, it's kind of the opposite way than a lot of podcasters do it. Like we kind of, we tend to take a, an audio episode and then try and repurpose it to YouTube. But I'm trying to go the other way, potentially thinking it might be um, kind of a more engaging way. But yeah, if I get the audio right, on the video then i can repurpose it to uh podcast so yeah interested to hear what you've come up with recently in this because i've not looked into it in a wee while so yeah good stuff let's look at that next time around yeah and i'll point the listener to the show notes you'll find them at the podcasthost.com forward slash tech season you'll find all the show notes for every episode that we cover in this gear season and we got a link to the resources page as well colin indeed you can find that over at the podcasthost.com forward slash resources the podcasthost.com forward slash resources and if you do have a minute, if you want to go and check out the growth course, I'd love to t- love you to take a look. Um, obviously, we put that out just a few weeks ago, brand new version, loads of tips in there. I think we've got 40, 50 plus tips in there, different tactics with full instructions, full rundown, a video guide to it, a text version, and all the tasks you need to follow to get those growth tactics into play for your podcast. Everything from five-minute tips up to longer-term tactics. So you can choose whatever suits you at any given moment and just do something to grow your podcast audience. That's over at thepodcasthost.com forward slash growth course. Thepodcasthost.com forward slash growth course. All right. That it for today, Matthew. I think that'll do it. Seems to be. Seems to be. I see in your calendar you've got a meeting with me now. Exciting times for you. Back to back, Matthew. Back to back, Matthews. That's uh, exactly. Oh, that's a terrible image. Actually, two of you. (laughs) Back to back, doing some kind of twerk motion. That's like exactly what jumped into my head there. I don't know why. Right, let's move on. Okay, Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, (laughs) You'll see me next time if I'm not in therapy. Um, (laughs) See you then. Cheers. (laughs) 